Hey Downtown Church and welcome back to 7 Minute Sunday School. This week we're doing a big chunk of text from Exodus 17 to the end of chapter 18. Last week we saw that God was miraculously providing for his liberated people even in the wilderness. He gave them bread from heaven, manna that their fathers did not know. He gave them meat. He, as the psalmist will put it later on, spread a table for them in the wilderness despite their lack of faith. And it's important to remember that all this is happening in the context of the larger story of Exodus, of God taking the Abrahamic family that had gone down to Egypt in Genesis, bringing them out of their slavery in the land of Egypt, and into the liberation of the wilderness, but also he is making them into a people. The book of Exodus is a journey of the people of God to becoming a nation, becoming, as we'll see next week, a treasured possession, a special community in the midst of all the nations of the earth as part of God's purposes for the world. And so these stories kind of take their place in that ongoing journey of God's people to become the community, the nation, the family that God wants them to be so that he can use them for his grand purposes, which we know from scripture are for his people to be a vehicle of his blessing to the world. What well, starts out with a story of another story of the people's failure. After having uh, bread, manna, wilderness, having in the wilderness having had water provided for them once already, they pack off and start moving, and again they get to a place where there's no water, and again they grumble against the Lord and against Moses. And in fact, the text makes it clear in chapter 17 that they're testing the Lord. And God again provides water miraculously through Moses. But it's interesting there in chapter 17 that the test is, is the Lord with us or not? In other words, these Israelites in the wilderness, what they're wondering is, is God with us or not? Think about what they've seen in Egypt. Think about what they've seen, how God, they've seen God provide already in the wilderness water and food. And yet still the question in their minds is, is God with us or not? And God answers with a powerful word, yes, I am with you. I am providing sustenance even in the wilderness. The next thing that happens, the next sort of test, this isn't perhaps Israel testing God, but it might be God testing Israel because as they go along, here comes an enemy, the Amalekites who unprovoked, as best we can tell, attack and try to destroy the people of God. And so Moses calls Joshua to go to battle with them and to defend the people of God. But what's interesting is, this is no ordinary battle. The text tells us that Moses stood on a mountain and he raised his hands. And when his hands were raised, the people had victory. And when his hands fell, they started to suffer defeat. That's a very strange thing, but it seems similar to Israel being brought out in their military hosts at the Exodus, even though they never pulled out a sword, Israel defeating Pharaoh's army without ever firing a bow or, or, or throwing a spear. Similarly here, the people of God are fighting, but really it's God who's fighting for Israel. And that's the point. Not only can God provide water in the wilderness, but God can provide victory and justice for his people against their enemies, against all the odds. And then in the third scene, Moses' father-in-law, a priest of Midian, shows up with Moses' wife and sons. We know from earlier in the book of Exodus that Moses and his wife Zipporah had separated as he went down to the Exodus. And now uh, uh, his father-in-law is bringing them back to reunite them after this difficult conflict with Pharaoh. And what's amazing is that 
this priest of Midian is not an Israelite, and yet he is a friend of Moses. He's Moses' father-in-law. Moses tells him about all that God has done for them. Moses tells him about all the hardship they've faced. Can you imagine what that conversation was like? And at the end, the priest of Midian is saying, now I know that Yahweh is the God of gods, the Lord of lords, because of what he's done for you. In other words, God's purposes in Egypt are coming to pass. We saw again and again that what God was doing with Israel, what God was doing in Egypt was not just for the sake of Israel, it's the sake of the world. It's so the world would know that he was God. And that's being fulfilled in this priest of Midian, recognizing the supremacy of Yahweh, Israel's God. So Israel's becoming a people in all sorts of ways by, by discovering that God is indeed with them despite their grumbling and faithlessness, by discovering that God will indeed fight for them, by discovering that God will indeed use his work with them to reach the nations. And yet, uh, Israel's also becoming a people in much more mundane ways. Because in chapter 18, uh, Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, sees Moses doing his normal daily routine, where he acts as a judge for everybody in this huge community's problems. And everyone in the community is bringing their problems. And Jethro watches Moses do this from day to night. And he says, listen, this is dumb. This is foolish. This is not good. You're going to wear yourself out. So they have to deal with the practical issue of leadership. They've been depending on Moses as this charismatic leader with this direct uh, line with God. But now Jethro said, hey, look, if you're going to become a people, you got to build some structure, some system. You've got to spread out the leadership weight here. And in one sense, it's just good, good common sense. But it's interesting that as Jethro advises Moses, he tells him, what you do is you judge the hard cases, but you also teach the people the rules, the laws, the statutes, the ordinances, the way. Now it's interesting, the people of God haven't gotten the law yet. They haven't gotten the way yet, but already Jethro is recognizing if this community is gonna flourish, if it's gonna fulfill God's purposes, it not only can't depend on Moses as a sole leader, but it can't depend on people just doing their best based on their best insights. What they need is instruction. What they need is guidance. What they need is law. And that, of course, is what we're going to discover in just a few chapters they get. But it's important to notice here, who will that law equip and empower to judge, to act wisely, to do justice? Not just Moses but all the leaders, and in some sense, all the people as a whole. We've seen the importance of Moses. Jethro's emphasizing the importance of leaders. But Exodus and scripture as a whole will emphasize the importance of God's people being transformed. Every single person, man, woman, and child to live out their identity and calling and mission as God's people. These are remarkable stories. So take some time this week, read chapter 17 and 18, and then I want you to talk with whoever you're watching these videos with, or can just consider on your own, your thoughts and answer this question. Where are we testing or asking God to see if he is with us? And how have we already forgotten his demonstration that he is indeed with us. Indeed, what I'm asking is, where are we like these Israelites who are putting our burning question to God, where are you, why haven't you shown up? When in fact, God has shown up in ways that we've overlooked or forgotten or downplayed. Think about those questions this week, and we'll see you next time.